What's up, guys? Welcome to the Forgotten Jesus Podcast with Robbie and Candy. Candy. Let me start over. First time I've ever started over. Oh, no, we're not We're not even cutting that out. Let's no, we're go. cutting that. That is going to run. Let's go. Gonna go. That's for TJ, by the way. That's oh, for TJ. my God. You know what? I'm just going I'm just going to go with it with Robbie and Candy. We're going to be here. And I'm Andrew, Andrew Bolton. Boltolino. That's right. I mean, okay. Bolton, sorry. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, Pastor. Yesterday, I heard probably... Um, the most heartwarming statement about the podcast I've ever heard. Okay. You baptized a guy, 32, 33 years old. He's talking to me in Next Steps after the service. He introduces himself, and he told me that the podcast has completely changed his walk with Jesus. What? Yes. Okay. So he got saved watching a sermon online because his wife had gotten saved. So he started what He just said he started consuming all of our sermons and stuff. And then he got turned on to the podcast, and he said it's completely changed his walk with Jesus, wow. his understanding wow. of Scripture. He's like, it takes me days to soak in everything that you guys talk about, but it's just completely changed the way I look at everything. Unbelievable. It wow, was that's so encouraging. Cool. That's it was super cool. And then he came to be baptized in person. I didn't know that yeah. part of the story. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I th- he just comes here. He comes here in person now, but he connected oh, he? with okay. us there first. Yeah, okay. Yep. Wow. Unbelievable. Well, yeah, super cool. God. Super cool. Okay, so pastor today. Couple episodes ago, been a minute. You <laughs> left us with a cliffhanger Ooh. about the dreams of Joseph. Yes. And today we're going to hop back in. Yes, that was a while back. Let's hop back in to Matthew chapter one. Okay. And we're going to look at Joseph, the father of Jesus, and the connection to an Old Testament Joseph. Ooh. Who also had some dreams. Let's do it. Joseph, the Old Testament dreamer. Joseph, the New Testament dreamer. Candy, I want you to just read uh, the dream of Joseph, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. This is the very beginning of Matthew after the genealogy. Okay. Matthew one twenty. One twenty. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because... What has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Okay, go to chapter 2, verse 13. I want to show you, that's dream number one. So if you're writing your Bible, number one. Okay. We're going to go to dream number two. All right. After they were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to kill him. Okay, so at this point, we are thinking of an Old Testament dreamer. Anybody want to take a guess who the Old Testament dreamer was? I'm going to say Joseph. Jo- that's a good <laughs> guess. Go to Je- go to Genesis chapter 37. Mr. Joseph, Mr. John a, Bolton. A JoJo situation. John Andrew Bolton. That's my name. Not Joseph, but John Andrew. Uh, that's my name. My dad's name. My granddad's name. Oh, we learned that. My yeah. son's name. Yeah. What's funny is mm-hmm. you you and I have the same kind of lineage with names. My right. grand my dad's Robert. I'm Robert. My grandfather's Robert. I'm Robert. My son's Robert. I'm Robert. Yeah. Your assistant's name is Robert. My assistant's <laughs> name is That's Robert. That's a lineage. Yeah. He's my adopted son, Robert. Yeah. So yeah. Man. Shout out Robert. He's tall. He's tall too. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. No, I'm just playing. Robert. If you don't mind dropping your birth certificate in the show notes, <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Joseph's Dreams. Where are we in Genesis what? 37. Uh, 37. Oh, okay, okay. Genesis 37. So let's pick up verse 5. This is the first one. Okay. Then Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Go down to verse 9. Then he had another dream and told it to his brothers. Look, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun, moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. Which basically means y'all are going to bow down to me too. So you can imagine Joseph as a young man, 
uh, was well liked by his siblings. Yeah, they loved it. <laughs> they loved it. Yeah, no, no, no. Joseph had a little pride, uh, and, and and honestly, where did the pride come from? I, I preached a series on this years ago. I think some of that early pride as a child came from his father showing favoritism. Jacob, mm, I can see that. Yeah, but I'm going to give one child uh, a multicolored, multi-threaded right. choice coat. It's going to be you, Joseph, out yeah. of the twelve. I mean, that can just be a recipe for. Disaster. Okay, so Joseph probably started that. I mean, jo Jacob started that. So Joseph has two dreams. Let's go back to Matthew. We're going to see Joseph doesn't have two dreams. Joseph has two dreams times two. Okay. Did you know that? That would be four. That'd be four dreams. He's going to have four dreams. Okay, let's go to dream number three. Okay. Matthew chapter 2, verse 19. Okay. Matthew 2, verse 19. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying... Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, because those who intended to kill the child are dead. Okay. Now, the final one, dream number four, verse 22. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the region of Galilee. Okay, and then they said, okay, we're going to try to get to all this either today or next week. Okay, so let's talk about what's happening here. So the dreams bookend a section, okay? So we read the dreams of Matthew chapter 2, mm -hmm. verse, uh, what was it, verse 13, and then we read the dream of Matthew chapter 2, verse 19, and something happens between that that they book it. Okay, so the first dream says, okay, listen up. The boy's now about two, three years old. He's a toddler. Or he's two. He has to be two because uh, Herod's going to call for the death of those two and under. So mm -hmm. he's, he's one or two years old. God comes to Joseph before it happens and says, listen, you need to pick your whole family up and you need to go west to Egypt and you need to flee. Why? Because... Question. Here we go. So, but this, now you may not want to answer this right now, but okay. this is my question. Okay, just put it on the table. Okay, so why do you think God was speaking to Joseph in dreams? Like, why not? As opposed to what? Well, like. Sending a person to talk to him? Or, yeah, or, I don't know. Like, I'm thinking, like, I have dreams all the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I don't, I never wake up and think, Wow, that was a message from God. You know what I mean? Well, maybe. Now, sometimes I, mean, I wake up and I think, what does that mean? What what does this dream mean something? So my, my thought is, or my question is, was God like coming to him in a dream? You know, like, in, and he was seeing like yeah. something, like a picture of something in his head. And then he woke up and he just knew that God was telling his family to flee. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why? I don't know. I'm just intrigued that there are, he has four dreams here. All right, I have, an, I have a thought. Okay. You know how you can tell the difference when it's your idea and when the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do something. Yeah. True. Could this have been God's Holy Spirit showing himself in such a way where they're like, okay, this feels different than and if it was, just, it was just my, my idea. idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's one theory. I mean, we don't know. We don't know for certain. Obviously, we do know that when you enter into the realm of dreams and revelations and things that are extra biblical, you have to tread lightly. Mm -hmm. What are you laughing at? Revelations. Did I say revel? No, revelations of God. Like okay. re not not the just saying inside joke. Book. Nobody knows this. We've been talking about. Yeah, we're in the book Walmart's, of Revelation right now. Deers, <laughs> revelations. <laughs> Psalms, when you talk about one psalm or exactly. um, what was the other one? Um, that was it, Revelation and Revelations. 
Moving on. Okay, moving on. <laughs> the so idea dreams. is, I was talking about when you have revelations from God through dreams or mm. or or ideas or whatever. So you have to tread lightly anytime you're out of the Bible. Anytime something is extra biblical, mm-hmm. which is why here's another sidebar. You can This is why you have to. John says, test every spirit to see whether it's from God. Why? Because you you can't rest your faith on someone's testimony or someone's encounter with God. And here's the reason people say, and, and we, it's very tantalizing and, and uh, it's very inviting for us to want to learn more about this. And I get this. We hear these movies of people who have had near death experiences mm-hmm. or they've gone into the other world and come back and they always see, always see first what? Always. A light. A light. Okay. The Christian uh, testimony. You ready for this? Guess what the Buddhist sees. Guess what the Guess what the Muslim sees? They'll say this. Guess what the Jehovah's Witness, who is a believer in what we would say is a false god and false religion, guess what the first thing they see? Same thing. A light. So who's right? Well, if you base your faith and belief system on a testimony of a person, they can be fickle. They can change. They, they may be real for them, obviously, but we base our faith on the inerrant, infallible scripture, right? The unchanging word of God and not someone's emotion or feeling or encounter. So the dreams are, are God's way. Yes. Do, does God still use dreams and visions today? Absolutely. I totally agree because I've experienced them in my own life, both right. of them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get into them, but I've, I've experienced both of them. But for Joseph, how do you know this is of the Lord? Like Andrew Andrew said, when he woke up, there was no question in his mind. Mary, it, it, it's similar to when Abraham heard from God and God's like, hey, pack the caravan, the family's moving, you know, sell the house, load the U-Haul, we're traveling west. What's, right? what's interesting too, when God shows up in my life like this, it's not typically something I'm excited about. Mm. Like it's typically like, okay, I gotta be obedient. I can either be obedient or disobedient. It's not always easy or hey, exciting. That's a good word. That's a good so word. So this was probably that same type situation. I mean, yes. they're settled. They're family. Probably, yeah, I mean, they got everything. Yeah, He's ba- called him to do something uncomfortable. Babysitters for the kid. You know, right. Jesus. You know, well, Jesus was so good, you didn't have to get anybody I also watching. think it's interesting that... <laughs> they just left Jesus alone. In the oh, Old Testament, they fled from Egypt, and now he's fleeing to Egypt. Mm. Technically, yes and no. Okay, you ready for this? Let me Uh, show you. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, Moses actually, okay, so think of the life story of Moses. And remember, Jesus is the new, okay, let's just read the text. You're getting ahead of us. You're getting ahead of me. Okay. But but remind me of that, because why are they going into Egypt and then out of Egypt? You'll see in a moment. So, Mm -hmm. Candy, I want you to read chapter 2, verse 16, and uh, I want you to just read through um, 18, 16 to 18. Okay. Then Herod, when he realized that he had been outwitted by the wise men, flew into a rage. He gave orders to massacre all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. Then what was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be consoled because they were no more. Mm, Okay, so what in the world does this mean? 
Well, we got to learn, we got to realize what the significance of Matthew including this in right here. This is very different than Luke's narrative, which is joy and excitement and exceeding great joy and praise when the birth of Jesus comes. Matthew's narrative, let's get this settled right out the gate. Matthew's narrative is one of violence, one of death at the birth of Jesus, one of suffering, one of grief. Think of the parallels here. I mean, think of the contrast here. Okay, so Andrew's question was, why is Jesus with his father Joseph fleeing into Egypt or or, or going into Egypt in order to come out of Egypt? Well, you have to remember, that is exactly what Moses did and that is exactly what Joseph did. Mm. Now, remember this. Let's take Joseph first because this is Joseph. Joseph, the Old Testament um, son of Jacob, okay? Mm-hmm. Joseph's sons, or uh, Jacob's sons, sell him into slavery. Right. He gets put into Potiphar's home. Mm-hmm. He gets falsely accused of a crime he didn't commit with Potiphar's wife. He gets put in prison. Mm-hmm. He gets let out of prison for interpreting a what? A dream. <laughs> a dream. Mm. So technically, he doesn't just have two dreams himself. He actually, if you... <laughs> If you put in, two dreams, right? If you put in, if you put in the dreams of Pharaoh, whom he interpreted, how many dreams does he have with his life? Four. Four. Right. Mm. Four dreams. Wild. Now, this Joseph has four dreams. Now, we don't know that because we don't remember the Old Testament well, but the Jewish people reading this book would have said, that's like Joseph. Oh, we knew that. They have a file system in their head called Logos Bible Software (laughs) that they can memorize. The original. Yeah, the original Logos, right. Okay, so the first thing is you have have Joseph coming from where? Canaan, the, Mm -hmm. the land of promise where Abraham and his sins were. And where does he go? Through a series of, slavery and being sold as a servant, being put in prison. He makes his way all the way into Egypt or, uh, yeah, into Egypt, uh, into Africa. Okay. Then he's going to, over time, get stuck there. And then what happens? Moses himself, you ready for this? Did you know Moses's life doesn't begin with the Exodus? Moses is raised in Pharaoh's court in Egypt. Mm -hmm. He decides, because of his Jewish nationality and his heritage, he sees a Jewish man being punished. What does he do? He kills the man man and has to flee to where? Do you remember this? Midian, says Robert, and he would be right. Mm. Midian, you know where Midian is? Robert can put a map up. Midian is at the southern tip of Saudi Arabia. Egypt is here. Midian is here. So Moses is going to flee all the way away from Egypt because he's trying not to be caught, and there's right. probably a, a, a bounty on his head. And what does he do? He finds himself on the backside of a desert in a, when a burning bush, and the voice of God speaks to this man and says, go back to Egypt, you're going to lead these people out of bondage. So in a sense, what does Moses do? He goes from being out of Egypt to Egypt, Rescues the people. Wow. <laughs> he rescues the people. And then he brings them out to the promised land. Well, what is Matthew doing? Okay. Matthew, and we know this if you've been listening for any length mm-hmm. of time, he is recreating uh, the Exodus narrative all over again with a different character with a different person who's going to do what Moses was incapable of doing because of his sin. Remember, when we read the word Pharaoh, and I want to make a point. You got a point. You got a question. Well, I I have a thought, but it might be completely off topic. That's right. But I can't, I'm thinking about it in my head. So Joseph, Old Testament Joseph, when he was sold into slavery, was sold to the Ishmaelites, right? 
I think so, yeah. So, and Ishmael was like the son of the flesh. Right. Whereas Isaac was He like, was born out of the promise. He got ahead of God, yes. Just makes me wonder, like, if there's any significance there of him. He was sold to this group of people and then brought to Egypt or whatever. And then, I don't know, like the son of the flesh and the son of the spirit is what I'm yeah. thinking about. And then, like, Jesus is in Egypt, and then God calls him out of there. Well, you're teeing up what I'm about to say. That's pretty interesting because you have this battle. So the very child Abraham has out of the promise of God mm-hmm. would be the very enemy that will attack the, the nation. for. And it all, all happens through history. Every time the men get out of the will of God and have a child, the, the, the child then becomes the enemy and attacks the nation forever. I mean, it's just, you just follow, follow it all. Is that the same like birthplace of the tension we're still seeing today in Israel? Ooh, that's good. That'd be a present day. I'm sure it is. I'm sure, I, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Wow. The tension today. Yeah. I would say this, let's back up a step further. That's good, Andrew. Right, let's up. remember, let's remember though, I want you to start seeing the, the text with biblical uh, eyes, okay? I want you to see them with theological eyes. When you read the word Pharaoh, when you read the word Herod, we must understand these are, yes, individuals, but there's a whole supernatural uh, piece here that is happening in the world, working behind the scenes in the supernatural realm we can't see. These two men, like every ruler after or before, whether it's uh, Herod the Great or Caesar or Nero or Domitian or Vladimir Putin or Kim Jong, I mean, all of them are, are pawns, in a sense, in Satan's toolbox to carry out his work against the people of God. So they are individuals, yes, but they represent mm-hmm. a corrupt system mm-hmm. that is against God and his people. I'm learning this as I'm preparing for the book of Revelation, and I'm learning that the references to Babylon are not necessarily just a city, right. but a system. system. It's a system, yeah. yeah. Now, for those who are listening, you probably know this, some of you, but I want to remind you. As a believer, there are three enemies always out to get us. Yeah. Three enemies, okay? You know who what they are? Our the flesh. World. The flesh, the world. Satan. And, the, and Satan, yeah, and his forces. Yeah, Satan is man. The world, the flesh, and the devil, okay? The world is influenced by Satan because of the system of corruption. Mm-hmm. Once he influences the world, it just works, you know, all the time. Snowball effect. Snowball effect. And then the flesh is internally against the spirit, okay? So you got to realize it's not just these men. It's the system, and it's basically back to the same principle that goes through Scripture. It's the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of the world. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of selfishness and righteousness and pride versus the kingdom of servanthood and humility um, and, and the kingdom of God. Okay, so when we read verse 16, Herod calls for the death of all boys under two. Our minds immediately go back to Exodus 1. Yeah, he orders immediately. to massacre. Massacre. That's all the terrible. boys. Yeah, okay, we're going to get to that in a second. Let's go back to Exodus 1.22 just quickly, and I want you to read what is happening here because, man, there's so much going on with right. this. Okay. Exodus 1.22. Yeah. Pharaoh then commanded all his people, you must throw every son born to the Hebrews into the Nile, but let every daughter live. Man, that's unbelievable. Every son born to the Hebrews in Mm. the Nile. So Herod's going to order the killing of these boys. Why? I mean, uh, uh, Pharaoh. Why is Pharaoh ordering the killing of the boys back then? Well, because he believes it's going to have to kill the Messiah who was born, who... The wise men went to go see all that. 
No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pharaoh. Let's go back first. Exodus. Oh, no, you're, 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 oh, you're, you're, no, you're exactly bad, right. Bad. But in Pharaoh's day, got ahead of us. No, that's good. That's the second answer. In Pharaoh's <laughs> day, yeah. No, in Pharaoh's day, it was a threat to his what? Kingdom. Kingdom and power. It's always a, a, a it's always a threat to power and control. Okay, go to Herod in the New Testament. Why does he want to get rid of Jesus? He could care less about some fake Messiah. He doesn't even believe is really real in his mind. I mean, he. But it's a threat to his power and his money and control. Why? Because if this guy, he, he'd be like a, quote, gnat in his mind, taking away attention from him, taking away power from him, taking away authority, uh, authority from him. You got to understand, Herod was, wasn't diagnosed back then, but Josephus goes on record to say, Herod the Great suffered from a mental illness of paranoia. I mean, this man, there was no one more paranoid than, than Herod. Paranoid that someone was going to take the throne. Paranoid someone was going to steal from him. I have a couple things I learned today I was studying. Herod actually strangled his favorite wife. And I say wife because he had many, but his favorite wife. He had a lot of wives, but this was his favorite wife, his honored wife, and their two sons because he got a tip that they were trying to usurp his authority or suspicion of treason. So he strangles his favorite wife and the two sons. Wow. He also gets word that someone tells him, and again, these are just suspicions, that his brother-in-law was becoming more popular in the empire than him, so he drowned him mysteriously. Mm. When Herod dies, now this is just mind-blowing to me. When Herod dies, he has a decree that he had written the into order. And imagine you're part of Herod's noble court. Herod sets out and writes a decree that when he dies, not only did he die that day, but he massacres the nobles in his court to wow. die on the same day to create a national day of mourning. Oh, wow. You're not going to mourn for me everybody's going to mourn because it's multiple people are going to die. Caesar Augustus used to say this line, which is funny, but really horrifying. It was safer to be a pig in Herod's court than a son. Mm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. A pig than a son. So what is it with think these of men Kim Jong-un and think of Vladimir Putin. I think they get... <laughs> Putman? Putman. Putin. Putin. Putin needs gluten. Putin, yeah. Putin. <laughs> Where is that? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I have influenced Candy. I apologize. <laughs> You've been listening to too many dad jokes. Yeah. She's, Andrew, you are, I don't know if I'm it's rubbing off more or you. Okay. We're going to put a period on, a comma today on this and come back. But um, the point is, I think what happens, it can happen to anybody. Yeah. Saul, it happens to Saul. It happened to Saul. You get He wants to kill David because now he, he was undiagnosed with something, I think, as well. Yeah. They believe. But still, it's just something about these men in authority. Yeah. Okay. It so, give us. us a closing thought yeah. for our discussion groups. Yeah. What do we need to What do we need to talk about today? Yeah. Application point. I was thinking about this. Uh, think about the enemies in your life, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not talking about like enemy of people. It could be enemies of people, but think about the enemies' temptations in your life that are trying to kill, steal, and destroy right. in the areas of the world, the flesh, and the devil. They mm-hmm. come in various forms and various shapes and various rulers. But think about those enemies in your life, and think of ways you have set up parameters and disciplines and practices. Practices and accountability to help you navigate and mm-hmm. overcome. Yeah, that's good. You know, and something that a, a kind of a concept I've talked about with people is treat those things like they were cancer. So if mm-hmm. you had cancer in that's your good. body, would you cut it out? Would you cut out 90% of it and leave a little bit of it? No, you would cut it all out. So I'd like to think through, you know, things in my own life and things as I'm talking to people as, okay, we're talking drastic measures if we need to cut some of these things out as well. 
You wouldn't put a band aid over cancer. No. Yeah. You would mm-hmm. remove it, ruthlessly yeah. eliminate it yeah. immediately. Yeah. For sure. Okay, yeah. awesome. Well, Pastor, thank you, Candy. Thank you for that Putin gluten joke. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or would like to connect with us, follow us on Instagram at The Forgotten Jesus. Don't forget, the uh, discussion guide is in the show notes. All right, we'll see you guys still on the next episode. Still laughing. <laughs>